This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for All Stars 4, Episode 7, titled Queen of Clubs. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one dilatory co host. From AfterBuzz TV and your local playground, please say, I am sickening to Jay Ellis. It's me, French Vanilla Fantasy. <laughs> Uh, Jay Ellis, look, I, we don't have time for your tomfoolery. We have a lot to get to. In fact, let's get to it right now. <laughs> this week, the girls are broken up into teams and challenged to create their own exciting nightclub. Monique and Monet work well together. Naomi and Valentina struggle to be on the same page. And Latrice, Trinity, and Manila seem to be totally in sync. On the runway, the category was Plastique Fantastique. Latrice and Trinity were named the winners of the challenge, while Naomi, Smalls, and Valentina were placed in the bottom two. After a lip-sync battle for their legacies, Latrice Royale was named the winner of the challenge, leaving her the burden of sending home one queen. Her decision, Valentina. God bless her on social media. I meant God bless Latrice, because you know, I'm sure Latrice has gotten the N-word hurled at her about a thousand times by now, and fat, and worthless, and whatnot, and it's really bad. But Jay Ellis, name two things you liked about the episode, and one thing you did not, and because you're white, don't say one of the things you like that people are calling her the N-word. That's really (laughs) racist, and I will not accept it on this show. Oh, you took my first one. Okay. Um, no, my, my favorite thing about this episode was actually the banter between Rue and Michelle on the runway. Okay. I laughed out loud about the carded line. Oh, like that where was she said, funny. Don't, don't worry about it. I thought that that was uh, one of the best jabs that Rue's done to Michelle. And it was mm-hmm. it felt like off the cuff and really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing that I really liked was the runway. I thought these looks, this this uh category mm-hmm. was amazing i think that it had one of my favorite looks i've seen maybe in the show this season if not the last couple seasons mm-hmm. and then one thing i did not like and i think you'll agree mm-hmm. is this lip sync but i do want to know what are your two things and what's your one thing you didn't yeah, like exactly uh okay i didn't notice it till i watched it uh, the second time but the one thing i liked is the editors did this really shady thing to trinity where they she made some weird ass laugh and they repeated it three times yeah they like basically cut and paste this weird i should have i should have copied and pasted it but they she did this weird laugh and they repeated like three times this laugh uh, throughout her, ju- if any, if, if you don't believe me, if you own it, go find her. Ju- when she's on the judging panel, judges panel, and they're and they're um, judging her, they play her the, doing this really goofy laugh like three times. I did think that was maybe because she was corseted and it hurt her to actually let out a real laugh. And so they were like, "What is this? What is this noise?" And so it was just different from her normal one. I kind of feel that was the sort of in the editing room their version of the Wilhelm scream, and they were just going with it. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, the other thing I actually like, I actually like the concept of the challenge. 
It wasn't okay. something they usually do. It had them doing something different than they usually do. Like, actually, unfortunately, like, Naomi and Valentina didn't really take it seriously. But I feel like Monique and Monet and, and the rest of the girls did. And I thought that was interesting. It was, it was a different way to, for them to express their creativity and kind of use everything. Uh, even though I don't like the episode, I thought it was a good idea for a challenge. I don't think lips, um, uh, Val and Naomi did that. The one thing I did not like, that lip sync was a choice. Like, that might be up there with one of the worst lip syncs I've ever seen on the show. Yeah. The song choice, the movements, the contestants, everything about the lighting. I mean, Latrice just seemed like she was in the dark the whole time. But Jay, it was, it, now, Jay, yeah, I said it earlier, and I'll say it again. There's no need <laughs> to be racist on this show. Right. <laughs> Uh, okay, I'll contain it now. From, now. from here on out, I promise I'll be better. It didn't seem like she was even trying. Right. I mean, I don't want to get into the lip sync yet, but okay. I think, I mean, there's so many things that were going on in that thing that I just, it's so hard to dissect what exactly was going on. All right. So why don't we, why don't we get into the episode? But before we do, Jay Ellis, we are going to take a short break and we'll be back right after this. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would I do? For an extra hour in the day. I'll tell you, I want to write more. In a, in a, in a previous life, I uh, was a writer, wanted to be a writer, all that jazz. You know, wrote things. And then it seems now that a podcast, which is a, a, a great creative outlet, by the way, I just write less. And, well, I do write a lot. I just, I don't know why I'm going on about this. I write less. I don't write creatively as much as I want to. Now it's mostly just writing about RuPaul's Drag Race or whatever's coming up for the show. And if I had an extra hour, I would spend it writing. And that's what I would do with an extra hour. That's what matters to me. But what matters to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. I have benefited very much from therapy, and it's helped me set priorities in my life. Hell, the reason I am a podcaster full-time is because of therapy. It helped me realize where my priorities were. And I benefited from therapy, and I think everyone can benefit from therapy, and that's why I think you should give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, it's designed to be convenient, it's designed to be flexible, and you can totally fit it in your own schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Drag Race today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Drag Race. And we're back. Uh, after the previous elimination, the girls walk into the workroom to remove their drag. Latrice is ecstatic to be back, but has one eye on Monique. The girls are all proud of their lip sync wins. Latrice and Monique both give side-eye confessionals about each other, and Valentina continues to live in a fantasy world of her own making. They all acknowledge in confessionals that this is now anybody's game. Jay Ellis, your thoughts on this cold open? It's hard to take seriously because, like what you said, Latrice and Monique are both giving confessionals that are completely opposite of the way that they're behaving in the workroom. Yeah, they're hugging each other. and <laughs> They're hugging and she's like, come on, girl. Like, yeah. You did yes! the thing. And it's like, well, yeah. yeah, stunning. Yeah, so it's it's hard to really take seriously that they actually are. I don't know if they're trying to set up a frenemies 
storyline or what's going on here, but it's like, you guys can't show us one thing and then be saying another. Mm-hmm. I do believe from Monique's point of view that when she said, so Latrice is back and then mm-hmm. it's five seconds of silence. I don't think any of the, the Queens are ever excited to see people come back into the competition because we are now, this was episode seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have so many Queens at this point. It just feels, it feels like this season has taken a lot longer than a normal season would. I don't know. And so that was my, that was what I got out of the first, all of them walking back into the workroom. But you know, what's funny is I I have a criticism, Monique, because see, it's so funny. We have, we're talking about the same moment and I have such a different take because wasn't she one of the ones who was like Miss Report Card and I'm just, it's not nothing personal. It's just about the report card this and, and I'm just looking at facts. Well, facts are facts, America. And since ulcers too, they always bring a queen back. Why are they right? I, what is this weird fake like surprise? Like, well, Latrice is back. Who knew that was going to happen? Ugh, that's so annoying. I think it's the overall fatigue of the show. I do. I mm-hmm. think it's just uh, they. I don't know. It just seems like there's there's more to do this season. I don't. It just it feels like it's more of a it's a longer process this time than it has been with other seasons. You're right. You know what's so funny? It's, it's, it's a, that's a very good point because as much as I've liked this season more than last season of All Stars, it does feel like more of a slog than I feel like All Stars three did. And and, and like you said, I'm enjoying the season. It's mm-hmm. just I'm like, oh my god, I feel like this started in 2017 and we're <laughs> we're still going here. Well, actually, oh no, started in 2018. You're right. Yeah, yeah. It feels like and maybe. Like, go ahead. I was gonna, maybe that speaks to just so many of the queens are from recent seasons. So maybe it just feels like they haven't been out of my life as long. I don't know. It's it's hard to go off of ten and then right into All Stars four, which we have the two queens from there, and then we have a lot from nine. And so it just feels like these people haven't been out for as long. So it just seems like the season's long. Another, but I'm enjoying it. There's another weird moment I want to call out. Is a confessional with Latrice really at the top of the show, where she's talking about her feelings about coming back, and at, at, and it's very upbeat at first, and she's like. She's like, oh, I'm back. I'm going to have another chance to show who I am and to show my them, 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 when the, and then. But then she, it's just really sad the way she said it. She goes, and I really want that crown. Like she even almost kind of chokes up. I'm like, why do they care so much about this fake fucking crown? Or maybe she wants the $100,000 that I get more. I think it's a pride thing for Latrice to come back this many times and to continuously fail because let's be honest, All Stars 1 counts. Like it is on your track mm-hmm. record. You're on that roster. So, and you competed for it. I would get it if you were up for it and then you left on day one like Adore did. And mm-hmm. if Adore went in and said, you know, All Stars 2 didn't count because she didn't compete, mm-hmm. I would take that sentence more seriously than Latrice claiming, you know, it doesn't count. I'm like, you were there. You were trying to win the crown then. So I think it's for her, it's a pride thing. She wants to walk out of this competition with, Saying like, look, I it may take it, it may have taken three times, but I have it. I have this dream of actually myself starting the Hall of Fame, and we have all the podcasts about RuPaul's Drag Race vote. Like almost like you know the for those of you who aren't uh, sports inclined, I know with the Baseball Hall of Fame, I can't speak to the other ones. The sports writers vote for who's in the Hall of Fame. Okay, so I think the podcasters who report on rupaul's drag race we should vote for maybe we we induct five people every year or four i don't know how many every year and we induct into a real hall of fame i gotta find a place to do, do you think precinct will host a hall of fame will redline host the hall of fame well uh, red, it redline on... itself is a hall so yeah you have a hall there for sure um but uh i'm just saying one of the bars maybe mickey's actually hosts the actual that's where the hall of fame is Okay, 
And I'm telling you, I'm going to organize this. We're all going to vote. Who would who would be? Let me really quickly. Who would be in your top five ballot of who should be in all? If you were starting a real Hall of Fame, who's in your top five for who deserves to go in first? Out of every queen, like who do I think has the whole history the of the show? Yeah, in the game, the game of the show. I think. Well, I mean, I've said it on here before. Alaska is my all time favorite queen and winner. I think she she does the game right, and she's good entertainment, and she knows drag. I I like everything about Alaska. Okay, one. I'm it's so hard. I'm, I'm, I'm holding this you to something this I would really have to think about. Okay, so we have, we have 100 plus voting queens. for Alaska. Okay, I mean okay. we have Derek Barry, of course, <laughs> <laughs> the Princess, Thorgy Thor, Sonique, Robbie Turner, <laughs> Robbie Turner. Well, Robbie Turner will just lie and say she's in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> I mean, she would paste her picture up on the wall, <laughs> and she almost died. <laughs> when she was there right no i mean i really would have to think about it i i, I just know that alaska is Shangela? very much in my top shangela i i, I love shangela that's a good one i think she she's another one who's competed in the in the contest consistently and um you know her first season she didn't do well but i think that every time i've seen shangela i'm like elevated upgrade like she just continuously gets better and better oh you have to assume that anyone who's won a, a main season automatically in so, like, if you're BB through Aquaria, you're in automatically. If you win. Oh, okay. Do you think top three gets in automatically? No, I don't think so. Because okay. I think there's tomfoolery that goes into that. Yeah, like, I, I would be questionable if Pearl deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Right. You yeah, know, I yep. think I think winners is good. But this hypothetical Hall of Fame only exists, you know, if you have people that... I think to be the winner of Drag Race, you have to know how to play the game. And some some contestants like Nina Bonina are so good at drag, but they don't know how to play the show. Pandora Box, does she get your vote? Oh, I like Pandora. That, I'm going to talk about her a little bit later. Why? Did you see her panhandling for money on the streets? <laughs> I drove her some chicken on my way home. <laughs> All right, moving on. The next day, RuPaul enters the workroom to announce this week's Maxi Challenge. The girls working in teams are to create and host their own legendary club night. Because Latrice returned to the competition, she was given the privilege of selecting the teams. She organized the girls as follows. Monet and Monique, Valentina and Naomi, Trinity and Manila. Latrice was also allowed to join any team she wished, and she chose Team Trinity slash Manila. Now, Jay, there's not really much to talk about here, but is there anything you want to talk about up to here at this point? Anything I do. I do have just one point is I think that it's harder to have three people on this challenge. So if I were Latrice, I would have wanted to make myself into a two person team as opposed to a three. Oh, I wonder if Latrice even considered that. That's a very good point. You're right. It should have been just maybe her and Manila or something. Okay. Uh, So now here's how I divided it up, Jay. I did it unconventionally. Mm hmm. Uh, I divided each discussion point by each of the clubs. So we, 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 cause there's not much of a journey to the club. So it's, we'll discuss each of the clubs. All right. So I was going to start with club 96. Uh, are you okay with doing the script that way? And we would just kind of dissect all of Naomi, Valentina and 96. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I'm good with that. Here we go. Let's talk about club 96 then. In the workroom, Valentina and Naomi struggled to find inspiration for their club. 
Eventually, they settle on a 90s-themed club called Club 96. Later, while getting their club ready, Valentina shows up wearing heels and skimpy clothing for a day of painting. Meanwhile, Naomi is worried that they're not going to have the theming ready for the club. On the big opening night, Valentina and Naomi bring their best SNL-style characters to bring the club to life, but it doesn't seem to impress the judges. Jay, with all your club knowledge, you know, as you told us, you're like the Suzanne Barch of Los Angeles. Um, what were your thoughts on Club 96? I mean, we have the same hair, so you're right. <laughs> Club 96. Uh, the 90s is my favorite era of music. As I am an adult, I love... That's what I grew up listening to. So I would love a 90s club just mm-hmm. to exist. Mm-hmm. I think there was a huge disconnect between the look of the club and what they were saying the club was. Okay. Um, as far as leading up to the whole club and the planning out, it's it, you kind of talked about this on your first response on Patreon that um, they Valentina kind of sabotaged Nina Bonina in in season nine. Like she doesn't plan out; she wants to take care of herself first, like the makeup and stuff, and then she wants to worry about the the script and improving everything after. Mm-hmm. So the lead up, I was like, oh man, they're already in trouble. I can tell because you could just tell Valentina was on a completely different wavelength mm-hmm. of how the schedule was going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as their actual club setup, I love the silver walls. I liked how it was decorated and I liked that they had a VIP section because pretty much any bar or club that you go to, at least that I know of in LA is going to have a private section for people who are going to pay for the bottle service. So that was very realistic to me. My only thing is that club 96 didn't have a, all I wanted them to do was raise a runway up to, if they're going to have people walk the runway you really need to make that the spectacle of the club. And they mm-hmm. just needed like a little bit of a platform that was fun. And I think it would have elevated their whole club. Mm-hmm. And also to have, instead of putting the furniture around a room, you kind of have to have some things to let people move around. So if they had like high top tables around, I think that would have made it look a little bit more full as opposed to everybody just standing in the middle of the bar. Now, do you think they had those kinds of choices? I, I really do, because if you look at the other two contestants, or the, I'm sorry, the other two teams, they they really used the space differently than they 96 did. did. But I don't think anyone had raised platforms, though. You know, you, you make that request. If you can get a, a dog or whatever, a tiger made out of mirrors, mm-hmm. you ask for a, a, a two-by-four beam and make a little balance beam for people to walk the runway. I don't know. I think that they're, they're, they could have done something, I would hope, anyway. Mm-hmm. All right. Or make it. Make it yourself. I mean, look at what Manila was able to accomplish. Did you see what... Okay. This, then this, let's talk about this right here, even though this could come up at several points in the episode. What the fuck is going on with Valentina? Like, it. okay, she had one persona in season nine, which was sort of mm-hmm. like this like uh, very calculated person, right? Then she comes on and she sort of... Uh, I would say she kind of shows us a softer side, but still seems very determined for about a couple of episodes. And then all of a sudden, around episode three or episode four, she turned into a legit crazy person. Yeah. A character. A, a character. caricature. A character. And I almost wonder if, do you think she was tired of being there? Or is was she just exhausted by the whole thing? Or, like... She's doing this weird baby voice when she talks all the time. Like there's that in, in the, actually in the workroom when they're planning the club, she's talking like in a baby voice. She's like, "Okay, we're young, and they're old. They're mm-hmm. this, and we're that. You're skinny, and I'm sometimes skinny. Like doing this weird, weird baby talk, which I'm going to tell you, 
the older she gets, it's going to get even weirder. She's going to be right. a weird-looking old man. I'm going to tell you this. Okay, but go on. But w- what do you think is going on with Valentina? I, I kind of think that she has a false confidence because of the amount of love and support that she gets from fans to mm-hmm. think that she can coast through the competition a little bit more than maybe she can. Because mm-hmm. this is about... She got kicked out of her of season nine. I don't remember what episode, but about the same time where if you hear the praise, you're kind of like, oh, well, I'm doing a good job. I'm safe. Mm-hmm. Or they're, they're not going to get rid of me. So maybe there's a bit of that. But maybe she, I mean, I think you've said this and Larry said this, Evan said this, Taylor said this. I think she came in so self-aware of this telenovela presence mm-hmm. that I think she, not even worried about the competition, but just about this persona that she's going to put on for the show. And I think she's leaned so far in that I, I think she's still discovering this character. So, okay. Also, she was, unless if you agree, she was doing Stefan, wasn't she? I, I got that reference. I totally, I, I could get that. Yeah. Like, like she, okay. So this bar has everything yeah. you want. Yeah. It's, it, it was a little, but I also think that they were talking their SNL saying that they were like an SNL character. Remember the skits? I think it's Cecily Strong and Vanessa Bayer. Mm-hmm. They're the um, Moet Shandon. Like where they are these girls who talk about the bar or the club or like something out of their range and they're like former porn stars. Mm-hmm. I think that's the sketch that they were more referring to. Okay. Yeah. So if you check that out, you might see some similarities. But I, I do think that she was leaning into some type of character that wasn't... Mm-hmm. The same as Naomi. I don't. I, I didn't feel like they were on the same team. Almost. But, but, but it, it, what's funny is this is this challenge. And well, let me, let me rephrase. Valentina's performance on this challenge, in a weird comedy way, rhymes with her Nina and Tina performance. That the one where she got booted on episode nine of season nine. Mm-hmm. Um, where it was sort of the same thing where she doesn't try. They doesn't want to prepare. She and Nina didn't prepare, and then we get that mess of uh, show. And so you would think she would have learned by that point. What do you what do you think is going on? Because this time, you know, Nina was in the same boat of not preparing. This time, Naomi wanted to prepare. And you could, Valentina openly had no interest in it. Yeah, this is like every group project I had in college where one person's going to pick up the slack of the other people not doing it. Mm-hmm. And then you're just like, oh, yeah, so film me in. What are, what are, what are we doing? And you're like, oh, my gosh. Um, it was, it, it, it is weird because Naomi even, I'm so happy that, later in the workroom, she didn't back down and say, I did that by choice. She was like, no, I had to step up because you didn't. And there was no teamwork on, on your end. Do you think it may have been a strategy on Valentina's part? Because you could tell, again, in that workroom part where they're trying to come up with a concept, um, Naomi makes a, a 69. Like, what if it's Club 69? And then and then you could tell Valentina's like, Ugh. do you think at some point she was like, you know what, I'd I feel awkward telling her that idea is horrible. So I'd rather just be passive aggressive and let her do it all. And then I can throw her under the bus. Like, yeah, well, bit her in the ass if that was the case. Yeah. But then I but think then she it, didn't throw her under the bus. But Valentina, for as for this character she's playing as much as on this show, she doesn't play into cheap jokes. Like she doesn't like, I mean, Club 69, that's something that Rue would have laughed at. But mm-hmm. Valentina said, no, like that's not the direction. And I think Naomi even knew better than that. Like that wasn't going to be the, the right move. Mm-hmm. But I think I think Valentina's humor comes from not these on the nose dad joke or like mm-hmm. blatantly obvious, like, ooh, you know, like yeah. 69, it's so overused. So I thought the 96 was a, a cute wink or a nod to it. But mm-hmm. then she actually, I thought it was kind of a smart idea. All right. So, I, 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 you know what? Look, I thought when it's all said and done, it really wasn't that horrible. 
You know, it wasn't a disaster. Uh, it just wasn't as thought out or as strong as the other two. And then, and then with that said, let's move on. Let's talk about the black hole. I'll in agree the, with what your sentence was. Yeah, I like that. In the workroom, Monique and Monet seem to be in sync and decide on the club's name and theme right away. The club will be called the Black Hole, and the club will have an outer space slash alien theme. In the workspace, Monet and Monique don't fool around and get right to work. On opening night, they bring their hosting to their hosting duties. I don't know what that, how I wrote that there. And present a fun club with a consistent theme. Everyone seems to be having a good time. J. Ellis, your thoughts on the black hole? I'd actually like to hear yours first, because mine are a little complicated with this one. Okay, yeah, you are the expert in clubs, as we learn. <laughs> right, especially black hole-themed ones. Yeah, sure. black hole-themed clubs. Uh, You know, it was fine. It was like, it, you know, it really was almost like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. You know, the, there was obviously the weaker one that was, in my opinion, that was the strongest one, and then there was the one in the middle. And mm-hmm. I sort of feel like black hole was... Why shouldn't you? It's unfair to even say it was in the middle. I, I don't think there was anything wrong with it. I just felt Beehive, and we'll get to that later, was stronger, the strongest. Um, but there's nothing wrong with Black Hole. It's fine. I, it, I thought a lot of it was very clever. I thought they did a really solid job. I've seen a lot of people saying it's kind of um, unfair that they felt the Black Hole should have won. I don't know if I agree with that. I think the right team won. But I thought they did a very solid job, and they deserved to be safe. Yeah. Okay. I see your points, and I I think that the reason I really like this is I liked the two of them working together as a host because it seemed cohesive and they were bouncing off of each other. Great. I also think that their signature cocktail was maybe the strongest looking, where if you saw that on a menu, I think people would actually order that just Mm -hmm. for the the novelty of it Mm -hmm. and the picture. Um, I think, too, because I've seen – when I worked at Redline, Queens would come in and they would host their night of drag – and this seems like a very doable decor of, you, you know, you're going to have your bar, a typical bar. Mm-hmm. And you're, you could, this is something that you could set up decorations to like, quote unquote, have the black hole and let it be a theme for the night where the mm-hmm. queen who's responsible for hosting the party, I could see her coming in with, you know, a few, four friends or whatever. And they are throwing up some uh, decorations, aliens, black lights, whatever you want. And you could actually have a theme in like a photo wall. So I thought that this one was a concept that wasn't too far out of the range of something that a queen would actually do. Mm-hmm. As far as the the, the baby <laughs> doing, um, what, what did they say? A, a meet and greet? Yeah. I don't, I didn't love that detail. I thought that was kind of a weird one to have. I didn't think anybody would ever actually really go to that thing. Okay. But I thought that Monique and Monet, I love their outfits, their looks, and I think that their theme was one that was very achievable and something that you you would see in bars. But I don't know if I'd personally go to a bar that was themed outer space. But let me ask you this question because, and I like where you're going here with this, but I want to I want to be very clear. You're really judging this. Would it be a real club? Not I, like this is a comedy caricature of a club. Not at all. I'm saying this is this is something I've seen before. Where to use Pandora, Pandora Box was a, a consistent Wednesday performer at Redline and she booked that show with the Queens that she wanted. She would theme the show. We would change the color of the lights to whatever she wanted. She was calling the shots of this show to make it what she wanted. So this is a very, this is a challenge that is very practical for the real world. To me, it was almost like, I don't know if you've ever top watched top model or if your audience has ever seen it, but this was like the ghosties challenge where I could see Queens pitching themselves and saying, look, I want to take over your Thursday night and I have this idea for a flyer and a theme and a like I, I can bring in this decor. I have these outfits. So I think that this is a, a challenge that's very practical in the real world for these drag queens. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. So this one was achievable. I think that's what I'm saying. And I All think right. that it was well done. All right. And I have a question, actually. Like, let's take the Boulay brothers, because they're well-known nightlife hosts in Los Angeles, right? And runners of Queen Kong. And runners of Queen Kong at Precinct on Friday nights. Right. Do the hosts actually walk around and interact with the guests, or do they just host the show? Boulay brothers specifically? Uh, either way. Like, did Pandora walk around and interact with the guests at, at Redline? Absolutely. And oh. so did Trinity when I saw her in Nashville. This is This is their opportunity to get a $5 bill as opposed to a $1 bill when they're up doing their set. Um, Pandora was great for, she would open the show and then stay out behind the curtain the entire time and do a little fluff in between each set, Uh do a little comedy, talk about the show, take questions, ask about birthdays, whatever it was. So she was really great about interacting with the audience and really respected everybody that came into the bar. Mm -hmm. Trinity was a great host. She, she did the same thing. She, I think she performed first and was out the entire time as well. Trinity so it's, the Tuck, the one who's not currently on? Yeah, Trinity the Tuck. She was in Nashville when I was out there. Okay. Now, yeah. okay, um, now you said the, the Boulay brothers specifically. Do the Boulay brothers do that? They don't come out until they introduce the first queen, and then I think they come out and introduce each queen separately, so they kind of break it up with their own banter. It's almost like a host that you'd see, like an MC at a roast or something, okay. where they give a little bit, and then they, they go back, and I do think that they walk around after but at that point the show it's like the show's ending at one in the morning so they're they're walking around and talking and taking pictures if i think if they're up for it Hmm. all right yeah let's move on uh let's talk about beehive in the workroom latrice trinity and manila work well together and create club hive very quickly I don't know why I called it Beehive. Manila is so excited to have Latrice on the team, while Trinity seems less excited. On painting day, the girls burst out into laughter because Latrice can't fit into her smock. Everything else goes according to plan, and on opening night, the three queens seem like the ultimate hostesses, and everyone seems to have an amazing time. Jay, your thoughts on Beehive? <laughs> why couldn't Stacey Lee Matthews be here for Hanny? <laughs> oh, that would have been have so a, funny. Yeah, she would have been... Just have a picture. She's yeah. been in every other episode. Um... I thought the way that this concept came up was really organic about them knowing that the costumes that they had packed certain outfits Mm -hmm. for the runway and Latrice having the beehive wig was kind of a great way to base it around because they knew that they had the equipment for it. Mm -hmm. I am so impressed with how talented Manila is in her graphic design. I I knew that about her, but I hadn't seen an example and I thought it was so well done. Mm -hmm. I, I thought it was so gorgeous how they made that honeycomb print. Yeah. I, I love the gold. I thought it, that's a place that I would want to go. That seems like the kind of place you were talking about earlier that would be set up to be very loungy and mm-hmm. more of a hangout as opposed to a bar because you can't have a bar with gold walls. It would be smeared with vodka sodas. Well, yeah, and that's the thing, even talking about West Hollywood, like my favorite bars were always the ones that did something sort of unique for a show. Like they used to have like, um, was it Broadway? Oh, Musical Mondays used to be over at, um, what's now the Blazing Saddles? Oh, it used to be Eleven. When it was oh, 11, I loved, I loved 11. Yeah, Musical Mondays, and I used to like that. And um, it seemed like that one had, like, the strip spelling bee. That could be really fun. Um, oh. Yes? Oh, my gosh. I totally forgot. Yeah, so Black Hole, they did that thing where they auctioned off the clothes. I didn't like that idea. Beehive had my absolute favorite, the strip spelling bee. Mm-hmm. That is something that would play in a bar and would kill. People would love that. It would really kill. It would crush. Uh, and and you, if there was someone hot, what you could do is... Uh, you know, there's a there was a, a musical called um, uh, the Putnam County, the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee, 
mm-hmm. they bring up members of the audience to be part of the quote-unquote spelling bee. And they bring them up. They actually do the spelling bee. But at a certain point, if the person's too good of a speller, they'll give them trick words that you. there's no way they'll ever get right. Like, for instance, they might say way, you know? So yeah. there's different ways of spelling way. And the person right. will say, like, you know, use it in a sentence. And there's some way it doesn't give it. So whatever, whichever way they spell it is going to be wrong. And then they get booted. They could they could do that. Um also, yeah, I thought it, I thought that that club looked like a club like I would actually go to. I would have a good time, and it actually have if you if you think about it like a sketch, which you don't. It had an ending with the whole releasing the bees, you know, yeah, and so right, there was an actual right. ending to the sketch. They tr- uh, Club ninety six tried to end it, but it was like about how like they were bored and they were going to leave. Yeah, they they mentioned the time, and then they were like, "Okay, it's time, like we're done." Yeah, how did Monet and Monique end it? I don't, I actually really don't remember that. Didn't they, I think they were doing the auction of clothes and then I don't remember how it really truly ended. It just ended, yeah. Um, And then, you know, I forgot to mention this earlier. Did you notice that Monique called him Bill Nine? (laughs) Yeah. Instead of Bill Nye, the science guy, she called him Bill Nine, the science guy. Um, And and also, also, go ahead. uh, No, go ahead. I don't want to interrupt your thought. I can keep this. Do we need to talk about, and this applies to both Black Hole and Beehive, that they're clearly, because everyone should know that the girls get a list of outfits to bring, and there's more outfits than they actually would ever use. So let's say, for instance, there's 10 challenges. They'll, they have them bring like 15 outfits. I'm just making that number up, but they bring them more than they ever use. So the girls have clearly figured out they're never going to use this bee, bumblebee costume that they brought. And so could Monet, Monique... And all of the Club Hive girls wear a black and yellow outfit. Right. So The AfterBuzz logo, it looked like. <laughs> yeah, the AfterBuzz logo. Clearly, they knew uh, that they weren't going to use this outfit until they decided to use it here. What were you going to say? I was going to say, this was such a weird section and edit for Manila. It seemed like they were trying to do her dirty, and I, I didn't see anything wrong with her, except for the crossing of eyes, which we've all seen, and that's uh, kind of like her, that's her brown cow stunning at this yeah. point. But that's the only problem I had with her. Everything else, I was like, why are we giving her, like, the, not shade rattle, but just, they were acting like, like, they, they cut to Latrice one time looking completely over Manila. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like, that's not, <laughs> that she talks about the bee puns, and this is the time to be goofy. And I think they just gave her a really weird edit on this whole section. Hi, Manila. <laughs> I just saw Manila, girl. <laughs> I. Real quick, I have a video where I'm interviewing Sasha Valor at the finale for, what was that, season nine? Mm-hmm. And Manila's in the background, and somebody put that in the comments, and it made me laugh. It, it was so funny. <laughs> Hi, Manila. <laughs> you know what's so funny? I was in an elevator at, at the last drag can. I was in an elevator by myself. Myself and only, um, um, what's her name again? Who just said that? Oh, Alexis? Alexis uh, Mateo. There's just the two of us in the elevator, and you know Evan's a big drag queen fan. Patreon, Evan from Patreon, uh, one of my co-hosts at Patreon, and I was like, oh, I was in the, I was in the elevator alone with Manila uh, with uh, Alexis Mateo, and he goes, did you say, hey girl, I just saw Alexis girl. I'm like, oh my god, no, but I, I don't think I would have said that. Yeah, but that is a funny line to, but you know they hear it all the time. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, that's I'm sure. Yeah. As far as what you said, I cannot comment on that. What do you mean? I have a comment about what you said, but I'll save that comment for the rumor mill. I have, I, yeah. Truly don't remember what I said. About Manila and how they're doing her dirty. Oh, oh. Mm-hmm. I, well, I mean, one would assume that they're setting, like, they have to have the takedown. This is my own assumption that we've seen this this person going great, and then now we have to 
tear her down. It's kind of like an Alaska edit where, you know, something might, I will give you PayPal. I'll PayPal you money. (laughs) It's something like that. But we'll leave it at that. It's elimination day and the girls are getting ready in the workroom. Monique and Monet work well together. Latrice feels like a winner and Naomi and Valentina try to appear confident. But the cracks are starting to show in the partnership. Not much to this elimination day. But did you have anything to say here? Not really. I think I'm trying to remember if there's any conversations that were had. The only one is really this is where Naomi first sort of vocalizes her dissatisfaction with Valentina's um, performance or or work ethic. But other than that, they're just rehashing more about Latrice feels confident and Monet and Monique work together well. Like it's a lot of rehashing of conversations we've heard before. So it's not really much to this um, elimination day. So you have no thought. I think they really, they really had to justify bringing Latrice back. Yeah, they they really, really hit that hard. In fact, I I have conspiracy theories that we'll get to when we get to the lip sync and the win and stuff like that. But let's move on. Over on Patreon, Evan Ayers and I are going to spend the next few episodes of The Rumor Mill reviewing the Season 11 Queens in batches. Lori Roggenkamp and I are gearing up for the recap of Drag Race Thailand Season 1. Jamila Zara and I will continue to speak to people from diverse backgrounds about their perspectives on the show. And as always, Patreon supporters get a first response show immediately after each each new episode airs along with this very episode before it's released to the general public except for this week thanks to somebody to take advantage of all these benefits and more head on over to patreon.com slash drag race recap that's patreon.com slash drag race recap all right now let's take a break right here and we'll be back right after this all right now jay ellis are you ready it's for the looks. The looks. Thanks for that bed. You're welcome. Uh, how do you want to do this one this week? You're going to tell me about your favorite looks. Oh, or great. What? Okay. Uh, I'm going to um, let you run. I, no, I, I didn't tell you this, but I hate talking about the. Well, you know I hate talking about I the looks. I know you do. But uh, whatever you want to do with the looks, we're going to do. Well, listen, I don't remember what order they came down the runway. I could take a guess. Um... So I'll just run them through the way they have them posted on the Instagram because that's where I'm looking at them again. Okay. Latrice, amazing. I love this look on her. The She did the vinyl, the eyelids, or I'm sorry, the eyelashes with the big eyes, and then it's kind of drippy, like gooey slime with the braid that's made out of the plastic. I love this. I've never seen her like this, but I want her to do it every week. I love this. It was so different from the pageant. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, thank oh, go God ahead. it's not the fucking, you know, uh, fringe and her going like cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. I feel mm-hmm. expensive. I just I, the fact that it was something different. I was living for it. And her the paint on her face is so good. Yeah. Everything about this look. This is the the most refreshing Latrice look I've ever seen from her. I yeah. loved it. Good job. I wasn't Latrice. expecting it. Uh, next, who do you want to talk about next? I think Manila was next, and she came out like a, a gift basket, mm-hmm. which was a literal translation of the plastic fantastic. Mm-hmm. I like the way Manila always conceptualizes like a really fun way to present the challenge, and I like that she took it this direction. I really like the wig. <laughs> I wish that she let Monique borrow those banana earrings <laughs> for her outfit. Oh, you know she, she, she should have, yeah. Yeah, I thought, I mean, Manila's always, she's going to hit the nail on the head for me every time. I think she always looks fantastic. Plastic, fantastic. Yeah, I think she looks fantastic, but it's, it's almost one of these things where she looks so good, but we're so used to her looking good. That I'm like, okay. 
I could see that, but I, I mean, it's just very polished, and I, I never want to take that away from her. I think she does such a good job. All right, who do you got next? I think it was Trinity, who was the bubblegum that was smeared. And this is my absolute favorite I've ever seen Trinity. And I only have one note for Trinity that I would make. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to throw a reference at you. I don't know if you know it or if anybody in the audience, but there was a 90s cartoon called Aeon Flux. Mm -hmm. Do you know this? Where she catches the fly in her eyelash? I mean, I know the name Aeon Flux. I've never seen it. This is your, your gay nerd coming out. Okay, yeah. Uh, it was an. It's kind of an anime series where the hair. I would have loved Trinity to have tried to achieve that hair in the pink that she wore, where it, it has kind of like a a spiral or like a. Is cochlear the right word? Oh, I found sounds stupid. Like I should have looked this up. Like, it looks like a, a snail. Like the her her hair kind of loops around her ears and then twirls in. That sounds right. I'm not. I'm not okay. sure. Go ahead. Great. I'm gonna go with it. So I wish Trinity had the wig that was a little bit more in that shape to kind of juxtapose the the edges of the the bubble gum but i loved it i loved that plastic look i thought it was so cool all right very good who do you have next i want to say it, it was either monet or i'm sorry monet or valentina but i'm gonna pull up valentina all right um miss <laughs> columbia oh i mean miss venezuela <laughs> well okay we're gonna talk about that later when we get to the to the judging panel but let me ask you this question i'm wondering because miss columbia i know why she did miss columbia because of some Miss Columbia had been in some sort of controversy where she didn't win, right? And they took the crown away from her or something. Like that. that was a mistake, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. I believe what's the, so. What's the significance of Miss Venezuela? N- unclear. I have no clue. Because Valentina's Mexican. Right. I don't I'm wondering if it's just because that was the color maybe the, the teal that she wore or the crown is reminiscent of something in venezuela that i don't know about it might be a reference that i'm just not familiar with yeah yeah i don't get what the reference is but maybe there's something that we but people might know what the reference is too yeah um Um, go ahead as as far as this look i thought there was some standouts about it um i thought the crown was not great it looked very cheap i didn't like that but i i like that she put a crown on herself (laughs) it was cool I liked the rubber details that she had on her hands, but I really wish that it followed through on her whole body to give her that Barbie look. Oh, I see. Okay. Because she did that. You know how they talked about like the, the anatomical Barbie doll, like with, and she did plastic down there too. Mm -hmm. And it was only on her arms and her, I think right there kind of by her crotch, if I remember correctly, but I wish that it followed through because it, or even if she added like a shimmer, like a, I don't know how to achieve it, but like a Vaseline or something, just to make your skin look super, reflective oh, so that you I look faster. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Now, by the way, breaking news, in the chat room, they're telling me that uh, Venezuela has the most Miss Universe wins. Oh, amazing. That's a good little fact of trivia. Yeah, there you go. Cool. So that, that makes more sense now for her to have done that. That yeah. makes sense. Okay. Who do you want to go to next? Ooh. I have Naomi Smalls up, and she did a very neon 60, like the, the little circle what are these called they look like coasters mm-hmm. but they're beaded curtains kind of mm-hmm. and i know we've seen naomi look like this a little bit this was probably my weakest of the week yeah um i like the wig i like the color i think her face is a brat doll it's so cool mm-hmm. but i think that there could have been a little bit more put into the actual garment but it's still good this is this runway was fantastic but i think there could have been a little bit more done to this all right um okay, okay who do you have next well, do you want to say anything about Naomi, or are you good? I feel like uh, you were right. I feel like uh, I feel like we've seen that look before. I feel badly, kind of. <laughs> You're like Taylor was like, "Do you have anything to say about the look?" I'm like, "It's fine." <laughs> I just don't want to steamroll. I mean, I, no, I don't no, have no. many opinions, but no. give whatever you say. What you want to say? Okay, 
I want to, I'm going to go to Monet next, who from neck up, this is the best I've ever seen Monet yeah. look. She had that pink wig. Yeah. And I, I'm trying to remember if we've seen her in pink before. Maybe we have, but this just the, it was, I think, intertwined in with the blue. So it kind of looked like cotton candy when she turned yeah. around into the back. It was very cool. And her, her lipstick's great. Her eyes look great. Yeah. The best I've seen her painted. Mm-hmm. The outfit, I didn't get the challenge from this. The plastic, it looks more metal and sequined oh, yeah. to me. Very good point. Yeah. So I'm, I'm wondering if the sheen like on the bustier is a little bit more metal. Because it almost looks like it's overlaying in a in a sheen. But I, it looks more metal or sequined to me. So I don't know if I got the challenge from her. But she looks so good. I don't think I care. Yeah. Her face is beat for the mm-hmm. gods. Yeah. Right. And that, I mean, that's my note for Monique Hart, too, which uh-huh. I think her her makeup is the strongest I've seen. I love that purple blue finger wave mm-hmm. hair. Mm-hmm. But the outfit was, I mean, yeah. Lisa Frank on a folder kind of threw up and just kind of put itself on her body. Yeah, it doesn't, it, the, the, the outfit. I don't think Monique really brought it for the outfits. Again, uh, more testament to the uh, more, more evidence for the notion that she should have waited a season to come back. Make some of that uh, drag race coin and then come back looking expensive, girl. Agreed. And But the one thing I'm happy about is last the last time I was on the show, I said I really wish that she played with the proportions and showed us leg. Mm-hmm. And we got that with this look. It just had bananas hanging at the thighs. Mm-hmm. Which I've heard Monique does too. Actually, I've never heard anything about her dick, but All right. it's one of the Yeah, but that's my idea for the... I would say my, my standout, obviously, is Trinity and probably Latrice on this one. Okay, so the, your standout looks are Latrice and Trinity. Yes. Right. Did you have one that you're like, oh, if I saw that, I'd be so happy to see it live? Actually, Latrice's look, yeah. Because sometimes they take... When they get good feedback, this is what they wear to drag can. Oh, yeah. Remember but- Cynthia Lee Fontaine was in that Madonna costume or the Madonna, the the Matador look yeah. for all three days or something? Yeah, <laughs> but that, that, but that, it. that latex outfit must be so fucking hot, though. Oh, I bet. I bet. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to wear that. All right. Well, yeah. that is the looks. All right, Jay, moving on. Let's go to the main stage here. Um... On the main stage, the judges were full of praise for both Club Hive and the Black Hole. The judges liked the overall design of Club 96, but felt that the atmosphere was lacking and boring. In the end, Club Hive won overall, as Latrice Royale and Trinity the Tuck were both named the winners of the challenge, and Naomi Smalls and Valentina were placed in the bottom two. I'm going to stop here, because this isn't in the script. What the fuck with that weird moment between Michelle and Valentina were Michelle's so Valentina wore we just described a Miss Venezuela like pageant outfit with a crown and 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 Michelle says to her uh, uh d- d- why are you wearing your snatch game outfit and then Valentina yeah. corrects her and says you know I'm not I'm, I was Miss Columbia because she said you were Miss Columbia and she was like yeah I'm, where I was Miss Columbia now I'm Miss Venezuela and then she goes but that crown's the same right and she goes like no and it was really awkward wouldn't you say well, I don't know who they were trying to be shady to. Michelle, it seemed like a shady edit on Michelle to yeah. call her out and then have all of them be like, no, it's not the same look. And Michelle goes, okay, well, there we go. It wasn't the same look. But it also could be shade to Valentina because as I think Monique pointed out earlier this season, it takes you three hours to paint the same face. So maybe Michelle is just like, we're seeing the same hair, the face, every, like, why are we, where did I see this before? Well, what she could have said, look, the point is we've seen you do a pageant girl before. I've seen this. So even if it's not exactly, so it's not Miss Valenzuela, it's Miss Columbia, and you're wearing a crown, you're not. We've seen this look before. Right. So maybe. 
Yeah, it, but it really was a weird moment where I don't think it, I don't know how it added to the show except to show one of them was being shaded. Yeah. Back in the workroom, both Naomi and Valentina pleaded, pleaded their cases to Latrice Royale and Trini the Tuck. Latrice, as a first-time winner, realized how tough the position she was in. She got emotional and was torn about whom to choose. Back on the main stage, Trinity and Latrice go head-to-head in a lip-sync battle for their legacies. The song, You Spin Me Round by Dead or Alive. Trinity performs as an old man and Latrice gave a standard-issue lip-sync. In the end, RuPaul, RuPaul named Latrice Royale the winner of the lip-sync. After an emotional speech, Latrice pulled out the lipstick lipstick of the queen she had chosen to go home, and the lipstick read Valentina. And with that, Valentina was the next girl to sashay away. Jay Ellis, any final thoughts on this episode? Uh, as far as the deliberation goes with the girls in the back, I really like the way Trinity plays it and says, I, I want to hear it from your lips. How much work did you actually do? Mm-hmm. I think Trinity is playing a fair game, friends or not. I really like the way she's playing this game. I think that all stars is made for contestants like this who are actually willing to hear it out and not just be like, it's my friend. I'm going to keep you no matter what. Mm -hmm. Having said that, I do wonder if she had Naomi in her bra. Yeah. I I could see her going either way. So I'm interested to see next week. Mm -hmm. Um, Latrice having this be her first time being in that position. I thought she handled it the way that I expected Latrice to, where you're like, you want to be in that position and you're like, Oh no, I don't actually. It's hard to send people home. Yeah. And, the lip sync, I mean, we touched on it. It was, I will, I will never go back to watch this on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand Trinity's character. I don't know where that came from. It, I, at, when I first saw the character, I was like, oh, it's going to be relevant to the song or something, mm-hmm. but. The like, gimmick didn't work. Even if she where, would have spun, where was the gimmick? <laughs> even if she would have spun the hanging titties like in a circle, like you know, like almost like a burlesque does with the with the tassels, yeah. that would have kind of made sense. You're like, oh, all right, you know. Yeah. It was just, it was awkward. And it, what's funny is, is Trinity sort of prides herself on being a lip sync queen. And honestly, apart from like maybe one lip sync. Like the one she did last week, what the peanut butter one wasn't that good. You can make the argument about the the song choice, but like she hasn't really been delivering for the lip syncs. Yeah, I and I do hold her as a high. I feel like her lip syncs are usually very tight and fun to watch. I think her song, the songs that she's getting, aren't really the the type of pop that she normally would do. But I feel if she would have just given a standard Trinity lip sync in a regular yeah. outfit, she would have won because Latrice was the definition of bland like she was so vanilla and yeah. i didn't get it at all and what she put on 80s hairs i mean it's an 80s song so just go for that vibe yeah it, it was it was so weird it was so 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 bizarre and it was yeah. uncomfortable i'll be honest with you and then you know i i think i talked to you about uh jasmine making me laugh when she rolled down those stairs <laughs> yeah this wasn't funny this was just weird where are the jokes? <laughs> Where are the jokes? Yeah. I think that um, it's weird because I think that she may have had this costume and she's like, well, I just got to use it. <laughs> but it was it was just a really weird it, – it, it was a bad lip sync. I didn't like it. It was, it was not good at all. And I also think, you know, people have been wanting this song to be a lip sync song. I don't know really why. I think it's a great song. I love it. And I could see it being played in gay, gay clubs a lot. But I don't know if it was really a lip sync for your life song. Agreed. It, for the, because they rarely break the mold of having male singers, I thought mm-hmm. this was a very weird choice of them to 
do. I, I tried to look up on the twit on Trinity's Twitter. Twitter. That's mm-hmm. a hard sentence. I'm gonna use that for my vocal warm up soon. Um, to see why she did that costume, but she didn't post anything about it, so I don't know what her reasoning was. But mm-hmm. for Dead or Alive to be the thing, do you know if the singer was queer or why why we had this one? I don't know. Because we had Rita Ora there, and Rita Ora wants nothing more than people to want her to sing and lip sync her music. I, I, I really, I was literally like staring at this, going like, I wonder how RuPaul's going to decide this. Yeah, it was, it was a disappointing one. Yeah. Um. So no. yeah, it it was just a, a, a kind of a bummer because I think both of them are known for lip syncing, and to have this be their. <laughs> One of their legacy lip syncs. I was like, well, okay, next. Yeah, that's really weird. Now, I have a couple of questions for you. Okay. I have when, some for you, too. Oh, do you really? Now, when, when RuPaul walked out on the runway and she, you know, introduced all the judges, when she when she went to Suzanne Barch, she, Suzanne sh- stood up, okay? Is it Susan yeah. or Suzanne? I don't know. Let's just say Susan. <laughs> Susan Barch, when she, she stood up, and then she mm-hmm. said, this is the front and this is the back. And everyone laughed, and I was like, I don't know, understand what the fuck that means. Oh, you don't? Oh, you do? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I have no idea what that meant. I got the impression maybe it was an old RuPaul joke. I think it's something RuPaul had said because she said, I remember, and RuPaul goes, I still remember that too. Or it, it was something, it was an exchange between them that lets me think it's either an inside joke or something that is a, something that they're privy to that I don't remember. Suzanne. Uh-huh. Okay, Suzanne, thank you. Uh, oh, also, can I say Mikey RN in the chat said that the singer is transgender. So that makes oh, sense. Okay, there we go. Of Dead or Alive. Thank All you right. for that. I appreciate I like when people correct me now so I don't get messages on Twitter. All right. I know, because then I get them too. They're like, what's wrong with you? Taylor uh, yeah. does that a lot. Taylor was like, how do you not know it's an 80s song? And I'm like, oh, God, I didn't know. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, I have another question, but let, why don't you shoot your question at, to me? Uh, well, mine is actually kind of relevant to this. What did you think of the guest judges? We haven't really touched on them at all. I think I like to see Suzanne Barch or Suzanne Barsh again. I think she didn't think she was bad. She was she was sort of kooky, and I think we saw. I wish I always like when they have kooky judges on. Okay, mm-hmm. Rita Ora was forgettable. I like that both of them were game for pretending yes. to, you know, that they had like a thump track going or they had no music playing when they had to pretend like they were at the bar yeah. or the club. So I'm happy that they got two contestants that were, or two judges that were happy to inter- to mingle with the contestants and they were actually listening and vibing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't know. It was, it was fun. I, I liked the two of them together. I, it was a fun judging panel. All right, yeah. I mean, they're not my favorite of all time, but... I no, oh, no. It, but it definitely helped to have them be the two that were going to the quote-unquote clubs. All right. And now here's my next question to you. What do you think they should have done? Because obviously Club Hive won, okay? Mm-hmm. Do you think Latrice and Trinity deserve to be the top two? Do you, Are you asking me if I think that it should yeah. be a... The two from the like, group, or Manila, could they, do you think Manila got screwed over? I do. If they're looking at this as a, as a total package, I think that a vision came from Manila's mind, and it was so sweet to see Trinity split the win. I thought that was a really great move too. Mm-hmm. Whether she's playing the game or if that's sincere, which I I actually think it's sincere. I think that she knew 
that they wouldn't have had that turnout mm-hmm. or that that completed look without Manila's vision. Mm-hmm. I think that Manila got shut out, and I think that the the show was showing us what they wanted us to see, mm-hmm. and it was really hard to. Ju- I think they wanted to really prove to us that Latrice deserved to be back into this competition. Okay, because up until this point, we hadn't had a Latrice win, and they had to justify not getting Gia in there instead of Latrice. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I don't know. I think it, I don't know how they would have done a three way win, but I think if they were going to do a team or choose two people from the same team, I don't know why it couldn't have been a toss up between the three of them. Cause I think equally, unless there's stuff that we aren't seeing, but it seemed like they gave Manila just a bad edit. Cause it's the same jokes that she's been doing the whole time. And her look was fantastic. Like her look in the, in the club and on the, on the runway were both amazing. So it's just, a, that's what I'm saying. It was a weird edit for Manila this week. And they've done three-way lip syncs on the show before. Usually that's it's true. A, usually it's a finale, but they've done three-way lip syncs on the show before. It's not unusual. Yeah, that's uh, they, true. Kind of all-stars too. That was the finale. Didn't they do that Gladys Knight song? Um, uh, they did that as a three-way finale with like detox Katya in Alaska. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. you're right. All right. Any other? Have we have we covered everything you want to talk about this episode, Jay? Have all your notes been covered? Have all your questions been asked? God, I know. As soon as I hit and call, I'm going to think of something that I didn't say. Um, did I? Did not that I did I convince you? But do you look at this episode as more of a practical challenge, or did anything change now that we talked about it? I always like the challenge. Okay, that was one of my favorite things at the top of the show. I always like the challenge. I just thought it was a very blah episode. Okay. I right. think I think what they're doing now, I'll say this. I think that they are setting up the storylines for the inevitable ending. And yes. so now everything is what was once amorphous feelings on the part of the editors and how they shape the characters. Now we're they're starting to solidify and how they really want us to see each person. And that's going to give you a big insight into how people do in this competition. Agreed. Yeah. And you, oh, can, one, you can feel the, the heavy one, hand. You can feel the heavy hand on the editing. Agreed. The the one thing I uh, I just looked at my notes, I really liked the way that Van- Valentina went out with humor. Yes. Her exit interview was funny. Her thing is, at least I went out wearing a crown. I thought everything that she did, it was one of the better eliminations that I've seen. I thought she was a class act the whole way through. Yeah. And you know what's so funny? Then we got the real, but she wasn't doing that stupid character. Yeah. She was like, no, oh. it was, it was a funny, it, it was her being her, which I and appreciated. Yeah, I still kind of think she was. She, at some point, she gave up, and much like her idol uh, Tammy Brown, she decided to, you know, go out with a bang, you know, and be like, you know what, I'm just gonna Tammy Brown this shit. You yeah. Know? Well, listen, the winners are not the most memorable when it comes to Drag Race. Yeah. So it's fine. You don't have to win this title to be the one that people want to see and remember. You know. You know. Uh, on Wild WOW Presents, they uh, actually they they show an extended version of their. Um, Goodbye, you know, the departing confessional. And I actually have it right here. Do you want to hear it? From sure, Valentina. Yeah. Valentina, they have an extended uh, uh, version of it. Here we go. Tootsie Lou! Oh, well, come Lou. on, Teletubby! Teleport us to Mars! <laughs> All right, well, that concludes this week's... Uh, well, that concludes another episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Join us next weekend, every week, as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars Season 4. So, for Jay Ellis and myself... Sashay away. Until next week.
want to share your thoughts about Drag Race? Email us at dragracerecap at gmail.com. The outro music was written by Lucian Piani and arranged and performed by Alex Lefebvre. You can find Alex Lefebvre on Instagram at Alex Lefebvre Music. That's A-L-E-X-L-E-F-E-V-R-E-M-U-S-I-C. For up-to-the-minute news about the show, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dragracerecap and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at dragracerecap. You can also support the show at patreon.com slash dragracerecap. Finally, to find all of our old episodes, visit our website at dragracerecap.com.